intense was that? It was like a heartbeat noise and like a countdown. Very intense to start off a live stream. Uh, Rebecca Griffith, the EDDPT from Colorado, which is in a different time zone than New York. I knew that. I always know that, but I don't know how to yeah. do math. So I'm always like, what time is it there? And you're like, I'm like, it's an hour behind. And you're like, no, Jimmy, it's always still now. <laughs> still now. Rebecca Griffith, how are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm good. I played, uh, I play, I hang on to my youth. I'm, I play in an adult, we call it, it's a beer league, uh, hockey. So I played that last night. It's a great way. When I moved back to my hometown, my brother's lived here his, you know, our whole life. And he was like, jump on the hockey team. Cause I like mildly played hockey while I was in high school. Not well, but I was like, all right, so it's cool. And you know, I was talking with friends like, why do you do that? And I'm like, it's cool to like sort of care about something that, you know, doesn't matter. Like I'm using air quotes, like doesn't matter, but it does, you know, like we get into it like in a, in good ways, right? Like I'm trying to improve it, this thing that like doesn't matter, but it does like, so it's fun to like do something I'm not a hundred percent great at and then get better at it. Be like, Hey, look at that. I got better at that thing. Look at that. Applying principles of learning to other parts of your life, familiar skills in unfamiliar places. Yes. Well, and I love that. And part of the reason that I love that is I actually heard a quote. I can't even remember where it was from. That it said, it's so American to only have hobbies that you excel at and that you feel like you yeah. can't do something if you're not good at it. Like, I can't draw. Right. So I don't. Um, but like, why shouldn't I if it's something that I enjoy doing? So I do Taekwondo kind of like you do hockey because yeah. it's something that like I have to work very hard to be kind of good at it. And I know that there are things that... Like I show up to the mat and I'm like, I'm not going to be the best, but I could be the best at one thing. So if the thing that right. I'm going to be the best at today is saying, yes, sir, faster than anybody else, that's what I'm going to do. And I like right. failing forward. I like having an area of my life that makes me work hard. And like you said, to be able to see that progress, like when I got my black belt, I cried like a freaking baby because it was such a struggle. And I had worked harder for that than so many other like achievements in my life, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it's 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 it says a lot about your personality if you're willing to be bad at something yeah. when you're good at some like so like you know you went to school for a million years and you become a physical therapist or anything and you're like so I'm just gonna stay in this tiny little thing I'm not gonna go back to you know you're on level 96 as a PT or whatever you do as a, as an engineer or a firefighter or whatever and you're like I'm not gonna be bad at something anymore and I think that's a I think that's a way culture or you know things do and i think that's a bad way to do it yeah the other quote i like is when was the last time you did something for the first time yeah do you know do you know uh jesse i gotta look is who's the woman who created Spanx? oh i i know who you're talking about but i don't oh, know her something. name but her husband's like Jesse Eisen or Jesse Eisenberg, whatever. He's one of these guys who jumps on a microphone and is like, in your face. He's like friends with like David Goggins, who's like the oh. craziest man in the world. So this guy, Jesse, is like, I do like some of these people who are like, what's your morning routine? Like, I wake up at 4.15. I jump in a cold bath for three hours. I do a thousand push-ups. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I work out, but I'm not extreme to the extreme. But this guy, Jesse, has this one part of his life where he's like, every 30 days, I do something like a mini vacation. He's like, I go rock climbing. Oh, so you're like a rock climber. You're super good at that. He's like, no. Yeah. I do something I never would do or be good. And he's like, 
with X number. Like one of the had this many mini adventures, and I was like, "Oh, that's the whole point." It's the whole point. But I if you don't schedule it, you're breaking up a little bit. I think you're frozen. I don't know what the hell is going on. Oh, I can hear you now. There we go. So anyway, that guy's cool. Yeah, I had a friend who was like my friend that would like push me out of the box. She would make me do something that I had never done before or didn't want to do. Like the first time I did a triathlon, I didn't know how to swim like at all. <laughs> I had never, never took taken swimming lessons, um, was afraid of riding bicycles around other people and was not like not able to run a 5K without stopping. So I had to learn how to swim. I had to get a bike. I had to um, really like work on running and it was one of the coolest things just to like push so far outside of that comfort zone. Yeah. Triathlon is a great sport. I got into it. I was running for a while. I'd swam in high school, but never cycled really competitively. And I liked triathlon because you could sort of be, you could be like the worst swimmer, but be okay at the bike and a great runner. And it was all sort of like, it's life though, man, it all balance. It all sort of waterfies its level. It's like, I joke around with saying I like triathlon because I like to be media. I, I like to be able to be mediocre at three things in one day and triathlon allows that, but like that sort of life, it's a very metaphor. It's very meta for life. I think I'm using that word meta. I'm, using yeah. that word. I'm, I'm not sure if I use it right. So at least can the Onco PT is usually with us. She's not here today because we switched days. Although I like Tuesdays. Um, but you had a dream about us, which you like texted us that and I was like, Ooh, tell me about this. Okay. So I'm, I'm a pretty vivid dreamer. Like I, I'm not. it's, it's not, it's a thing. So I, I've, if, if we know each other, I have probably had a dream about you in some capacity. Oh. Um, but this was very strange and, and, you know, I don't know, some people are like, like to interpret dreams. So maybe you can interpret this for me, but okay, let's go. I had a dream that, cause I think because we were all going to talk this morning and so you were in my head and I was dreaming about us being at CSM because we talked about CSM last week. And I'm thinking about like all the things we're going to do. And because I'm still recovering from this surgery, I was in a wheelchair in this dream. At and CSM, got it. At CSM, which I do not wish to be. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I was dreaming that we were in a wheelchair and that the two of you were taking turns pushing me and riding on my lap. Because, you know, everybody wanted a ride. So you guys would take turns. And we were in the exhibit hall. The problem is we were a menace. Like a menace. Like plowing through yeah. plowing through people's exhibits. Like grabbing food off people's plates. Like running up and down the aisles. Like looking for the popcorn people. It was very strange. And then we would just stop and everybody would like change positions. It was like a, you know, a little fire drill. Like in high school when you would pull up to the stoplight. And that's it. How I'll just have that means. How would you interpret that dream? Well, I think I think I'm, like part of it is like I'm afraid about walking that far because I walked a little bit yesterday and um, out of the boot, and I think that made me nervous about the prospect of this huge thing coming up. Because normally CSM is like a twenty thousand steps a day kind of adventure, yeah. and I'm like maybe like three thousand. So I think maybe that's part of it. And then I think um, obviously the more hooligans, like the three of us together, cannot be trusted. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a little hooligan-y, but not there. That's like a very <clears throat> sort of professional environment. Yeah, so. But there, but there are places at CSM where you are encouraged to sort of like, you know, unbutton the top button and sort of let loose. Last time we talked about programming at CSM, which is coming up in just a couple weeks. I should probably... Yeah finalize my presentation and start practicing it i better do what i tell other people to do and i'm very close to being done i'm i'm i'm, I'm close to being done where i can add the icing on now i'm thinking about it. but we wanted we talked about programming which is obviously why we go but i wanted to go through there are things that are sort of after hours or things outside of regular programming and if you've never been to csm which i i wonder what the churn is you know you know that business term churn Mm -hmm. there's a core people. If you go to CSM every year, there's a core people that you're like, that person will be there every time, every year. I will see that person. They're like part of the scenery. I wonder what the churn is for how many people coming into CSM every year, because that's a sign of, well, part of its health, right? You always want to bring new people in. You want those people right. to come back sometimes, right? So there's other events outside of programming. And you mentioned 20,000 steps a day. If you don't plan for these things, you could easily miss something that could be your jam. So I wanted to highlight together some of these things that happen sort of outside of the regular school hours. These are extracurriculars. If history, English, math, science were like the core subjects, that's programming. We highlighted that last time. Let's talk about the extracurriculars, the stuff that you could sign up that sometimes like, you know, Theater and art and music, they're extracurricular sports, they're extracurriculars, but that's like sort of some people's reason for being. So let's talk about the extracurriculars. So do you want to pick one per first and we'll talk about it? Or do you want me to do that? Sure. I think um I think it's I think of it like frosting and sprinkles, right? Like it's it's the extra stuff that makes the cupcake a little bit better. Yep. Um now if I'm a student, I'm looking at all of these options from a food perspective. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I was a student, it was like, what, what's going to help me keep my costs down? Where can I go have like a free dinner or a free breakfast? How can I like bookend my day a little bit more conveniently successfully? Like, is there going to be coffee there? Will there be food there? Can I get, can I get some networking and some sustenance at the same time? So one example of that is there is a student mixer a student networking breakfast on Thursday from 6 to 8 a.m. And so that's just for students. And there'll be a lot of different companies there to help. And it says, kick off your first day with coffee and a hearty breakfast. Yeah. So you're like, check and check. Yep. Now, list that now there are other companies there that hire physical therapists. So students, like I want you to understand that your job is not to be passive. I want you asking questions, right? Because a lot of times companies will look at you like someone to get their email address to hire. And I work with some of those companies. That is okay. What I want students to do is ask really good questions because you get really good answers. Do not be passive. Be active. That's the best way to find a place, I think, for you is lean into these things. Just like on the heels of that, I would recommend making an electronic business card. Is that one like one of those things that you tap? Well, I or scan like mine That's has a QR cool. code and um, just like shout out to Dr. Monique Kareth because at Graham Sessions last year, I was like handing out paper cards and she laughed at me and she said, oh, that's so cute. People still do that. And I was like, oh, and then I ran out of cards and it was an issue. So I made a, an electronic card for CSM last year 
and just being able to like scan this yeah. and we can connect scan this it really um they have them as bracelets where like you know there's rfid technology in the phones and you can just tap and it'll be like oh here's your contacts wild man all right so that's the student breakfast again we'll share the link of the apta csm special events i'll put that in the comments right now as chris mccallum is saying hi and she's talking about the happy chaos of csm it's the first time i went it really was like 18 different um circuses going on at once all yeah. under the same big top so that's the apta student networking breakfast if you're a student play the student card all the time every time every time so this is something that i would it was impressed upon me i think good professors never tell you the answers but they'll ask questions some sky down me it's valuable to bring uh oatmeal there's your cost saver oatmeal for breakfast so that's your hint um but anyway sky donovan <clears throat> impressed upon me like you should go to the mcmillan the mcmillan lecture like that's our <clears throat> sort of lifetime achievement like the person who's speaking has done some things now let me say that again the person who's speaking who's done a lot of things for a long time there's not you don't accidentally get to do the mcmillan lecture so this year, it's someone that I actually, now I feel like I've been around the block, man, is because I've worked on a committee with the McMillan uh, speaker. I'm like, look at me knowing cool people. And she is really cool. So McMillan Lecture and APTA Specialty and Proficiency Ceremony. So the McMillan Lecture is essentially um, uh, Judy Deutsch is going to get up there and she's a professor of research in virtual environments and rehabilitation sciences. That's cool. At the School of Health Professions at Rutgers, which is in New Jersey, which is in the Eastern time zone, which is two time zones away from where Rebecca is. I just got to keep saying that. So she's going to give the McMillan lecture. She's um, also so nice. Know, she's terribly nice. What is the topic? doesn't say the topic here. Do they, it, they usually reveal the topic or what she's going to be doing, right? Oh, um, here it is. Looking outward and moving ahead. From yes. the founding of world physiotherapy, more than 70 years. I'll do, I'll do Judy's intro. From the founding of the World Physiotherapy more than 70 years ago, the American Physical Therapy Association has played a role in global physiotherapy communities. In the 55th McMillan Lecture, presenter Judy Dutch will acknowledge current actions and propose opportunities for more fully engaging with the global rehabilitation community, including strategies to connect, collaborate, and contribute. Triple consonant sound. She went full alliteration at the end. So that's the lecture. This is sort of your TED talk. Yes. So you should go to the McMillan lecture. So put that down. That's Valentine's Day, 730 to 9. If you are in a relationship with a person who is not a physical therapist, CSM gets real interesting sometimes because you're away on Valentine's Day. Gentlemen, order something before you go to <laughs> land the day of or day before CSM. Just a bit of advice because you can't run out and buy flowers that day because you're going to be in a different place. Order something early. Do it. You know what? Do it before five o'clock today. I had that conversation with my husband. He's like, I'm going to, uh, you know, I was like, please don't send flowers to Boston. 
<laughs> and he was what? like, why? No, like I was totally going to do that. I'm like, there's going to be like a $100 surcharge just to do that um, on Valentine's Day in Boston. I was like, that's, you know, I'll be okay. But yeah. it was really nice that he's like thinking of it. And that's the idea, the thought that counts. All right, so that's the McMillan lecture. What is yes. your next thing that is an extracurricular at CSN that people should know about and decide if they want to go to? Okay, so the PT Fund Celebration of Diversity. Yes. Looks like it's going to be pretty cool this year. It's yeah. at the Museum of Science in Boston. What a novel idea to I hold know. a... I thought that that was such a, a wonderful idea. Very innovative. It's a great idea. So I have been to that in the past. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to kind of, if you want to get dressed up at CSM, this is a great opportunity to do that. Uh, it raises money for the diversity fund within the APTA, which I'm passionate about. So I'm going to try to make it to that. Uh, tickets do sell out. So if you haven't gotten right. your ticket yet, I would definitely do that. And if you're a student, um, you can sometimes get that ticket sponsored. There are a lot of PTs who are willing to do that. So just reaching out to a mentor of yours, ask, just like ask. Yeah. A lot of organizations like I know APT orthopedics, like sections and academies will sponsor student members if they want to go. Was this the aircraft carrier thing last year? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was on the midway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was cool cold though we were not expecting san diego to be cold no but we are expecting boston to be cold we are leaning yeah but i if you can expect it it's it's better you know what i mean like oh, everyone's yeah. like well you know it's gonna be cold in boston i'm like right but i'm not gonna wear like san diego clothes or pack san diego clothes yeah i won't say who yeah i can't tell the story i'll tell the story later but <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell the story when there's no cameras or microphones <laughs> Not a great way to share stories, but anyway, sell uh, PT fund celebration diversity that's February 15th, 7 30 9 30. Again, the link that we put in the comments has all this, all the stuff to get there and get your um ticket. Uh, the PT PAC party that's the political action committee. Uh, this is a thing that happens every year at CSM, they do PAC parties all the time. This is the people in the red coats, right? Red, yes. Coats. Yeah. Eva, it's always running around. She's one of them who's like, listen, donate to the pack. Um, so the political action committee essentially is um, supports candidates for federal office who support physical therapy issues. This is a way to help and support advocacy and do it at a party. This one's going to be at Spin in Boston. This is Friday night, the 16th, 7 to 9. And Spin is a ping pong bar. Are you any good at... I feel like there's I feel like there's two types of people, people who are awesome at ping pong and then me and every I'm awful at it. No, I have no hand eye coordination, I'm not gonna lie. I do, but it's like the ball's so light. No, mm. uh, but the bar looks cool. Like if you look oh. at it, like I, like I like how it's a like movement. Like that's why we did the party last year at the San Diego Children's Museum, because it was like movement and a slide and a cargo net and a this and a that. The slide was super fun. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> slide was fun. A lot of good pictures at the bottom of the slide. Um, so that's kind of cool. I like how they're stepping out, not just doing necessarily a bar and they're doing like movement. Yeah. Also cheaper for students. The ticket price is a little bit less. Students. Bro. There's the five or 10 years. Does my Wi-Fi keep cutting out? Yeah. I keep freezing. Yeah. yeah. I don't so understand then I, I, I freeze awkwardly just to like make you feel not alone not freeze you freeze so you're great you're great at freezing 
All right, so that's the PT Pack Party. We covered students, the Pack Party, PT Fund, Celebration of Diversity, uh, McMillan Lecture. And then this is kind of the last thing on the list is kind of cool. And you you asked me a question before we hit broadcast about this presenter, which was what? Oh, so this um, Kelly Starrett, Starrett? Kelly Starrett. Starrett, yeah. So he's going to be doing a like almost a two-hour demo of the techniques from his book. And it's yeah. going to be like, so he's got that on Thursday. And then on Friday, there's going to be a, a panel um, including him about like the impact of PT on a larger scale. And he'll be doing a book signing as well. So I've not read this book. I don't really know all that about it. I, I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, kind of cool though. So Kelly Surrett was someone, I was actually talking about him yesterday because I'm trying to get him on the podcast live. I've actually never hung out with Kelly in person, but I've had him on the show two or three times. I was reading his book, first book, uh, Becoming the Supple Leopard. Are you familiar with this one? Or have you ever heard of that no. one? No, I was just reading that. It was. So I was a radio DJ, and then I was trained. I was doing my prereqs to become a PT student. And in that sort of gap while I was doing my prereqs, <clears throat> I was a I was a lifeguard in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I was a I was a bartender in Myrtle Beach. So I would lifeguard during the day. As a 30-year-old, I like left radio. And I was a full, not a full-time lifeguard, but I was lifeguarding six days a week and bartending at like beach bars. And then people would be like, hey, what's your story, right? Because everyone's on vacation. And I'm like, oh, I'm going back to grad school. And people were like, why? And I was like, oh, you know, to better myself. And they're like, you lifeguard all day and then you bartend. And I was like, oh. But anyway, I kept going. But a buddy of mine suggested Kelly's book and I think sent it to me. And there it was behind the bar and I would read it when it got slow. And how I would describe becoming a supple leopard is it was the first book that I read, I'm not saying it was the first book ever that felt like an instruction manual or his attempt as an, as a physical therapist, someone who works with people to move. It felt like an instruction manual for your body. And it was written very much for people who are not professional healthcare providers or no anatomy, physiology, all these things to understand stuff. And like anything, I think purists or people who were like, but, and they would find any little, well, you can't just tell people they can fix themselves. And I'm like, don't we sort of do that? Like we tell people. But I feel like that's when you're on to something. So some people like Kelly and some people don't. Um, I like, I like, I see what he, I, I don't listen to what he says. I watch what he does. And what he does is he's like, move, move often. And if this hurts, let's try this. Like he's very like he doesn't necessarily say this is the, the only way. He's like, this is a way. He's not yeah. he doesn't say this is the way, like the Mandalorian. He says this is a way. So he, I think two but things. he's got this vibe that some people don't get. I think, I think I'm delayed. Two things. He he's communicating well with the public, right? Like if he he's a multiple time bestseller. So he's he's communicating to our patients. So even if you don't like what the message is, and, and I don't really know because I haven't read the books, but he's doing something right as far as like giving that message to patients. And that's the thing we complain about a lot is that the public doesn't know what we do. So uh, I'm all for that. And then the second thing is supple leopard needs to be a band name because <laughs> that just feels like it's, it's gotta be, or like yeah. a line of active wear, <laughs> like yoga clothes. The idea I think, and I didn't look this back up. The idea with a supple leopard is like, 
the leopard like doesn't really stretch before it goes and takes down a gazelle or something like that. Like that was the idea. It's like, listen, be ready to move. I don't think he's extreme in any of his thoughts or beliefs. I think people look at him and they're like, that's not the way you do it. And I'm like, isn't it? It's a way, it's a way to do it though. And if that way works for you, like I went through that whole Dunning Kruger where I was a PT student and I'd see someone doing that and I'd be like, that's bad. Stop doing that. Only do it like this. And then people will be like that, but it helped. This feels good and helps me. And now I'm like, oh, does that feel? My first question is, how's that feel? Does it make you feel good? Do, do you like doing it? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, great, keep doing it. Unless yeah. it's egregious, like you, that will kill you. Which very few things in terms of movement are going to kill you. People are like, oh my God, never do a lat pull down behind your head. And I'm like, I don't know, does it hurt? And they're like, no. And I'm like, hey, what are you trying to do there? Like, I, it just, it's questions. It's questions all the way to the bottom. It's so anyways, Kelly's doing this thing, and I like this. So if you've never been to the expo hall, APTA sort of like designed Central Park, a very open area in the middle of a busy thing. So in the middle, it's super plush carpeted. Do you ever notice that? It's super comfortable. Oh, yeah. It feels like you're walking on clouds. And it's got this open area that they have for like presentations and stuff. So they'll have guest speakers. I remember there was a guy doing a thing on... What's the shot you give someone if they're having an over naloxone? Yes, it's Stephen Kinney. He he did overdose he, training. He was doing yeah. overdose training. Like this dude was on repeat. He was like, can you maybe cutting out on me? I can see you the whole time, but you can't see. I I tell when my Wi-Fi <laughs> cuts out based on your facial re response to me. I'm sorry. I'm like. Usually not this waiting, point. waiting. Well, no, he did a great job with that. But, and um, if you haven't had, had him on the podcast, you should, because he's he's yeah. very effective at teaching about why we need to know that and how to do it. And given the number of patients we work with who take opioids, I think mm -hmm. it's important. Yeah. So he was doing that. What I was saying is like this Central Park sort of area is a great big open space where people sort of decompress because we need sort of personal space and then they have this little presentation area and it's not like it's i like it because it's sort of minimalist it's just like a microphone and a backdrop and then like like i don't know beanbag chairs or like super easy seating so he's going to be there for two days kelly by the way i'm still talking about kelly Stratt. ready set move he's going to do it thursday friday 1 15 to 3 p.m and i'm going to try to get him on the podcast maybe directly after one of those days when he's doing this which is i remember cool. One day I was walking through the exhibit hall and I was, I think I was still a student then. And I like whipped my head around because the person in that box was Cal Ripken Jr. Wait, 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 wait. The person in what box? In the like little presentation box in the exhibit hall. Cal Ripken Jr. was at CSM one year? Yeah. What year was this? I have a photo. What year was this? I, I mean, it's in the last 15 years. Oh, but okay. yeah. I was, I've I was. been going to these, student. I've been going to these since 2016. It was a Before. long time ago. Like I oh. said, I think I was a student. I graduated in 2008. So it was a long time ago because I'm old. Thank you for that. But um, yeah, no, like I was like Cal Ripken Jr. Like I was like, like put on the brakes. I turned around. I went and sat. I don't even know what he was talking about. I was just well, like so excited that he was there. Here's a fun question. Who would be your dream non-PT speaker to speak? You like you made me think of Cal Ripken Jr. I'm a Yankee fan. He's an Oreo, but he's still he's Cal Ripken. Like I would love that. Who's your like dream speaker? Oh man. 
You know what? Don't just give me one. You can give me a couple. Because I feel like when you ask person for one, you lock them up. But if you're like, hey, throw three or four at me, who would you love to see? Oh, gosh. I'll give you one to give you ideas. Yeah, please. Micah Rizzioni. Do you know Micah Rizzioni? Captain of the USA Lake Placid 1980 U.S. men's hockey team. Miracle on ice. Do you believe in miracles? Micah Rizzioni. Or Jim Craig, who is the goalie. Or any of those guys. But, like, I have one of my prized possessions is I went to a Team Gleason. Are you familiar with Team Gleason? No. Team Gleason yes. is Steve, yes. Steve Gleason was a New, uh, New Orleans Saint special teamer, just fired up dude, was diagnosed with ALS and then opened this Team Gleason. This I read BFFs with organization. I get, I get invited to a charity function in New York City where they are smart because it's like, you know, you pay one price and then the bar is open and then they have an auction. And one of the items for auction was a Jersey signed by like 13 members of a U 1980 uh, Olympic hockey team. So I had a several vodka sodas and then bought that. I am not a collector of anything, but I was like, I want that. And I got you it. needed some of the magic. Cause it means a lot. It means, yeah, you're like, I want to own a little bit of the magic. And now I do. And it hangs in my, house and i like looking at it so mike Rizzioni or someone like that would be a cool guest for me what about you it doesn't have to be sports related by the way all right i'm gonna say pink pink okay why i have never been lucky enough to go to see one of her concerts because it's just like it's too expensive but the the sheer level of like athleticism and acrobatics that she does while singing like i used to i used yeah. to sing and so it i mean singing like the way that she does is a sport in my opinion, like opera singers, for example, I think are uh, amazing physical performers. And I would love to know how she manages to sing like that while doing the things she does. Like I'm fascinated by that. I heard that Taylor Swift did a ridiculous amount of cardio before her last tour. Cause she was like, I'm going to be singing and doing things, which is not easy. Like no. dance around your house and actually sing like with volume. Nicely. And that's Night. Oh, I can't. So <laughs> I can't sing nicely. Um, uh, and that's not easy. So yeah, she must just be in crazy shape. Her her husband's a professional athlete though, too, right? Um, Is he a BMX guy or a motor? Oh, not BMX. Yeah, motocross. motocross. Yeah. yeah. That's a sport. Like that's not easy yeah. to do those things. And but he's like, oh, motorsports. I'm like, that's not easy. But just like yeah. to be able to sing upside down like yeah. that and like while spinning around and not like falling to your death. Like I just, I would be really interested in that from like a motor control perspective. Yeah. We should get someone on who knows that. This is the way, this is the actual cheat code of life is just don't, don't know stuff and then find people who do and then ask them and have them explain it to you and record it. Um, all right. So we talked about your dream. We talked about CSM. I put the link in the, uh, the, the notes so you can, you can click on that. We're now actually on your YouTube channel right now. We're broadcasting. Oh, wow. This is your is this your first YouTube live stream to your channel? Yes, that's exciting. Nope. You're welcome. Here we go. Um, I want I'll talk about the thing that we talked about just before we hit uh broadcast, which was okay. I'm starting to like do I don't know if it's annual or re-event because I've been pushed by people like yourself, like Elise, like Tony Maritato, like Dave Kittle, people I talk to regularly, Sky Donovan is always doing it, but she's super subtle at it. She'll never give me the answer. I hate that. I'm like, just... She's a teacher. Just think about like, coming at 
yeah, she's a teacher in the morning, in the afternoon, at night. She's always a teacher. So I'm thinking about how do I, am I too narrow? I guess is the idea. We tell everybody, don't be afraid of niching down. But if you look at me, my goal was sort of be the Jimmy Fallon of PT. That's what my mom sort of like framed it up. I was like, yeah, that's it. Am I, do I need to be that narrow? Do I, are the, do the things that we talk about on this show and these live streams and all the stupid things that we talk about, are they only applicable to PTs? Like, do I, do I need to only talk to PTs because I am a PT or does it apply to like healthcare provider or does it apply to lots of people? Because someone, someone was doing an analysis of all the topics I talked about. And like, you take a clinical person and you start talking about non-clinical stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's where my head just goes. Like the psychology and the technology and the business and the human relationships. And I'm like, yeah, that's sort of my unknown. Like, I don't do it on purpose, but I start steering conversations that way because I don't practice clinically right now. So I'm like, I don't really have those questions. So if I were to draw like a circle and at the middle, it's me because this is my guy, right? And then, what, you know, what are the many things around it? It's like business, it's psychology, it's communications and creativity or ideation or innovation, technology. What else? Uh, healthcare is in there because that's people. Books, that's in there because it's ideas. So I think the content that I'm going to start, uh, you know, making in the future will be similar, but it'll start to go in a different direction. I don't really know how yet, but this is me making the statement to the world. I think it's going to be different. So here's what I would say about that, Jimmy, is like what you always say is the best conversations happen at happy hour. But when you're at happy hour, do you only talk to PTs? Do you only talk about PT? See? No. So I think you've been kind of just limiting that for our benefit, you know, and and because maybe the people that you normally go to happy hour with are PTs. PTs. But PTs are also interested in other things. They're humans. Right. Correct. Right. So when you get PTs together at CSM, we do talk about PT, but then they also do talk about like, this is where like, I like simple, not complex is there's a straight line between any two points, any two points, not a lot lot of, how do I draw those lines? I tell people, what about first, but I also say like, what? you like what are you excited to talk about what are you excited to talk about today and that you're going to be excited to talk about and learn about in six months or six years do that yeah cj is saying anything the more hold on cj is saying the more people we can include in these conversations the more impact we can make for the profession as a whole yeah what if cj brings up a weird point like what if i was a spy what if jimmy was like hey i'm gonna go have these cool conversations and I'm not going to lead with I'm a PT. It's going to be the undertone. But you know what I yeah, mean? I like CJ's just saying, have great conversations, which I, I, I'm in. Yeah, I think CJ made a great point, and you made a weird point. I'm going to like yeah. save CJ I there. Know. I think his his point was great. He's trying to include more people, right? He's opening the doors to yeah. the tent. He's making the conversations more exciting. That's what Kelly Sturette is doing. He's like, I'm not going to talk to PTs. I want to talk to the public about the user guide for their body. Yeah. And I was on a podcast, uh, recorded a podcast with somebody last week and and their podcast is patient facing. And so they wanted to talk to me about emergency PT, but from the patient perspective. And I thought that was really interesting to be able to do that and have that like different little bit of an audience. But 
I also like to talk about more things than just the emergency department. I like to talk about more things than just PT. I think it would be great if we could have conversations about what it's like to be a working mom in physical therapy. Like there are so many things we could talk about that aren't just PT related. And I think you'll do a great job at that. Everything's a Venn diagram. It's like, cause Rebecca's not, you are the EDDPT. But that means a lot because you're a mom and you're a Taekwondo person and you're a person who's just been a patient and are still, you know, you're still going through rehab. So you're all these things and to only limit yourself. But here's the thing. At what point are we talking about too much? Like, that's where I think I got stuck, where I was like, I got to draw everything back to PT. And I think I limited myself. But is there an extreme example where people are like, why am I here? Like, do you know, like there's the Gary V's of the world and the Ali Abdals and the all these and like what's their stuff about it's like i don't like i don't know what i could say one or two words about what their stuff was about like gary v it's about like empathy and persistence and ali abdal it's about um he's all about organization and optimization and efficiency and things like that but jimmy you tell people what you're talking about so they can opt in and they can opt out like you do a really nice job of saying we are i am talking to this person about this thing yeah. and then i can be like Okay, I don't want to listen to that. Like that doesn't make like I like I'm not going to necessarily listen to a podcast on um, treating ice skaters. I don't like ice. I don't like cold. I don't like skating. Like it's not going. I'm going to opt out. I'm going to opt out of that one. But if you're talking to somebody like I don't know, say you talk to Michelle Obama about leadership, like I'm opting in. But you are so good at communicating what you're going to talk about. I don't see that being an issue. I don't see there being a limit. Wait. Superpower, and skill. my Wi-Fi again. is definitely not my superpower today. Yeah, yeah you're probably again for me. Uh, so, but I, I would I tell you, Jimmy, like my bill, I pay the bill. <laughs> I mean, you look very pixely Sorry, for me right now. But you can talk to anybody. Yeah, about I, anything. I don't know why the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh, I love this comment. And it expands what PTs know and how we impact society and gets us away from PTs just treat things. And I think there's been a big conversation lately uh, about that PTs should manage care. We're doctors. We should be managing patients, not treating them, that we aren't just technicians who fill orders. We're not just people who band-aid things. Um, we are really there to manage a patient's whole episode of care to help manage them throughout the lifespan. And I like I like this point here that what you could bring into that will help but make us more rounded, more personable, more interesting. All of that. I got So what do I do next? Like this would be very easy for me to suggest. Chris is coming on the show on Thursday, by the way. She was supposed to be on last week, but I had to schedule stuff. It's just Chris McCallum's going to be on the show. This would be very easy for me to tell someone else what to do next. But tell because me. it's me, I don't. I can't do that. All oh, right, so, I would say, oh, I would say list 10 to 20 things that you would be excited to talk about that fall under those categories that you don't know. And then either go talk to the camera and so do go learn about it for two hours, <clears throat> then talk to the camera for 20 minutes and explain it. See one, do one, teach one, uh, or find people who are experts at it. That's what I would do. Shit. Is that was, I suppose that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And I think, when you find people who are excited to talk about what they're going to talk about, it's riveting. It doesn't even matter if they, if they're interested in it. Yeah. I you think I it. over, I think I've gotten into the habit of over preparing. Oh, 
I think I've gone, I think my pendulum has swung too far in the other way where I've gone to over preparation mode where I think the magic in what I do is not magic, by the way. I think the, I think the me part of what I do is not the first question. I think it's the follow-up or the, Ooh, what is, what I didn't. And then let's go on that tangent. And here's why it's not a superpower. It's just because I did it in live radio for 15 years. We were, I mean, live, like what we're doing right now, we used to record, now we're live streaming. It takes a little bit to get over, but then when something goes, like when someone's Wi-Fi is not working well, you have to just keep going with it. It's like being a singer or being an actor or actress or being a surgeon or being a pilot or being a, it's, it's the same. I'm frozen again. Yeah, you are. I think one thing you say often too is like, don't let perfect be the enemy of good, and that it being live has its has its issues, right? But it also, I think, it makes things a little bit more natural. I think it makes things feel a little bit more authentic, and it leads to exciting places. I don't know what the thing is, but I'm a sports fan. But I won't watch a hockey, a random hockey game, any hockey game, even a championship game from like a year ago or a week ago or a day ago. There's something about knowing that it's happening live, and being like, "Oh, this is yesterday," and being like, "No, my dad had a stroke six months ago, right?" And I'm trying to find stuff to keep him busy to watch TV. I'm like, I need. I felt like a parent. I'm like, just watch Bluey. So I'm trying to find anything, and I was like, I'm gonna be super sneaky here just to buy me some time to get have my life so i recorded a bunch of golf tournaments and then i was like oh dad golf's on and i like boop, 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 and played a recording and my dad who was suffering recovering from a stroke was like they're in florida and it's dark here and it's light out there no this isn't right even his brain <clears throat> could who could not process a lot of things was like something's not right i don't like it this isn't live this is over. I don't want to watch it anymore. There is something to that, which goes back to my, I think I over prepare is I think I'm prepared. I need to reapproach how I approach guests. It should be less solidified. Right. Uh, and how fast I go from recording and releasing. Cause I think I take too long, but I do it. Because I want to have some, you know, zhuzh. Yeah. I mean, you want to have your product stand out from other people's. I'm going to put in like a cool like intro and stuff like that. But I, someone said this a long time ago. That like the reason radio is so great or the, uh, I had a choice between newspaper, TV, and radio because that was the only types of media when I was in college. There was no social media. And I remember being like, newspaper, I'm going to write something that's going to take like two weeks or a week to get published. And then I'm going to wait for the reaction. I'm like, there's no there's no gratification. There's no instant gratification. TV was faster, but it was still a lot of pre-recorded stuff like on campus. And I was like, too long. A lot of editing. And we had like old, archaic editing. I was like, too much effort for one little thing. And then I remember someone said, radio, live radio is the only medium that is simultaneously created and destroyed. And I was like, there's something cool about that. This does not it, this will not happen again and this is before, I'm, it yeah. made it special to know that no one was ever going to watch like this was this moment it was like must hear tv or whatever well i like that too because i i think it takes out some of the overthinking and i think it just allows you to be who you are and when you say that it's not a superpower jimmy like not everybody can be a radio dj not everybody so, should be a radio 
DJ. Um, I'm just saying, like, you had that superpower going into that. You just re retained that superpower with some training. So you've just leveled up. Yeah. Who Who is commenting? Someone said I missed the party. 17 years to re... I can't see the comments, but I'm trying to figure out who it is because I like that comment. I'm trying to fight that with my presentation at CSM. The yeah, one I'm going to put together. There was no social... Um, so I'm doing mine on, oh God, you gotta be a better presenter and know what my presentation actually is. Oh, it's Tony Maritato. Um, 17 years to publish research. Yeah. What do we take too long to zhuzh it up? And then we wind up overdoing it anyway. So my presentation will show researchers like number one, the goalpost is in the wrong spot. Publishing is not your end zone. <clears throat> it's not your touchdown. Did I tell you this? So Sheila Schindler Ivins is my co-presenter. And by yes. co-presenter, she's the presenter. I'm her Robin. She's Batman. Because she's a researcher. And I turn to her, and to her credit, I go, at this point in the presentation, I need the audience to understand we have to have shared belief. We have to agree on the problem. I think the problem is you think you, the audience of researchers, think that the end zone, the goal, the finish line of the marathon is being published. Yes. But when you started, the goal was achieving understanding. So if we ch if we now just for a minute, just for the presentation, change that understanding. And then here's why. So I turn to Sheila and I go, here's how I want to illustrate this point. I want to put up a video game. Of a, like a football video game, like a bunch of like pixelated characters. And I want you and I, I want Sh Sheila and I to do play by play. And the look on her face on our Zoom call was like, she wanted to scream no, but she was like, you'd see her like, just how oh, he might be going somewhere with this. And I was like, but Sheila, we're going to change all the football terminology to science. <laughs> so it's like, oh, and like the team has just received the kick. You got grant funding. And then your job is to move the ball from wherever your kick was received to the end zone. And I'm like, we're not going to talk about options and crossing routes and bootlegs. We'll do it in the style of football because everybody understands it. You put the headphones on, you have the microphone, you got the crowd noise in the background and, you know, you're calling plays. But it'll be like, oh, we did our first round of... And she listed, I was like, Sheila, just describe to me what happens when you get funding to publish. Just give me the big breadcrumbs in the trail. And she was like, oh, I can do that. I go, right. We're going to do it in the style of ball game this is just the style of I think it's going to be great awesome so I'm going to when this live stream over I'm going to call the cable company and drop a WTF <laughs> on them and be like I do this for a little there's no inclement weather where I am so you got no excuses well, uh, so anyway out of all the times that I've ever recorded with you, like I, it's always issue. been me that's had the like problem. You've never um, had an issue ever. And it's definitely me because I keep getting a warning on my screen. I also like doing this. Tony Maritato and I and Dave Kittle do a Thursday show. We've done this with Elise uh, Cantu uh, where it's sort of like we go in with a couple topics. And, and I've told people who start podcasts or YouTube channels before, even if no one listens you can still generate a lot. Because number one, I'm going to take clips from this, right? So that'll generate some attention because my job is day trading attention. But also like just the ideas that happen. When you know it's live and you know it's real, 
something different happens. You act as if. That's the phrase. You act as if. Act as if, man. That's what I sort of get annoyed at people who give presentations on a big stage, is you can tell that that's the first time they've done this whole thing live. And yeah. I'm like, that's that's not cool, man. Like, act right, as if. Jimmy, but like, I, I don't practice. I'm going to just are admit you, that. Are you good at it, though? I think I'm pretty good at it. Then you have that ability, but some people don't. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I have, I... I don't know. Like, I have, here's the thing: if I practice, right, and I don't have people present, right, it's really bad. And I stutter over my words. I say things, and my my husband will watch me practice. And God bless him, he'll say, "Um, I mean, I think maybe you need more practice." And for the longest time, I think he wondered why anybody would ask me to come and give a presentation because oh, I'm so bad when I practice. But then when I am like in front of people that like I am now having a conversation. And for me, that's the difference. Like so, I, hang I can't on. Let have me a ask, conversation myself. Let me ask you this then. What do you do? What is your preparation? Is it nothing? You just write down a bunch of stuff and wing it. What is your preparation? Because practice doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to everybody, right? What that's is your fun. preparing? I make slides. Got it. And then I think while I'm doing that, like what right. I'd like to say, and then I really rely on my brain to make that happen when I get there. You can pull or like I do this better and I go, we need to do something different then because you're telling me whatever methods you have, Rebecca, work for you, dot, 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 and the audience because that's yes. the goal. I would Not call it adrenaline. Even the presentation, but too. But I like to know. Where the problems doing it live might occur, I don't have to do the entire 60 minutes over and over, but I do prepare. And again, practice doesn't mean doing the whole thing from soup to nuts. But you got to do something. That's fair. And if it works for that's you fair. and you and you're happy with your presentation and the audiences, that's a win. You don't have to do anything. Don't do anything different then. But if you you're unhappy with it, you should probably try something different. I'm not saying I know what it is, but I'll ask that question. What do you think of it? You know, if you're not happy with it, what is it? Well, I hope if anybody's heard me present presenting live and they're in the comments, like, please share. I'm happy to take feedback. But I think the problem is if it didn't work for me, I wouldn't keep doing it. Um, uh, I've, I don't, seen, I've seen a like, lot of professors who were terribly intelligent. And I know that they got comments on, hey, listen, like, I know you're smart. just can't follow. And they don't change. That's valid. But I mean, I, I seem to get okay feedback and get asked to do it again. And no, see, it, it you're, well. you found your thing. Yeah. I'm saying that there are people who are, just, I'm just going to keep doing it this way. And I'm like, well, then you yeah. will continue to get that result that you just told me you were not happy about. Yeah. Or the I think if I over-prepare, it, it feels. Maybe you're right. It feels too rehearsed. It feels like, like one of the pieces of feedback that I had gotten from one of my co-presenters is she said, when you present with people, this was Dr. Sarah Cruiser. She said, it, I feel like I'm in a conversation with you. I don't feel like you're giving me a presentation. I feel like we're having a conversation. Right. And I, if I over prepare, then I feel like I am so worried 
about saying all the things that I wanted to say uh, okay. that I, I don't have the spirit of what I wanted to convey. So maybe I need to rephrase. My goal is to get people comfortable. And that doesn't mean you're not nervous or excited before you walk out. I have presented or done live everything for a gajillion years. I still get a little before I go on. And it's like, I need to just get hit once in the hockey game before I'm like, oh, we're in this thing I know how to do. CJ said, he's like, yeah, it's a process. Enjoyable learning throughout. <clears throat> if it works for you and you're happy, here, all right, here's an uncomfortable day, uh, day in radio. Once a week, you would sit with your boss with a cassette tape. Kids, a cassette tape is, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and you, it, on the tape would only be your voice. So the micro when the microphone in the broadcast studio was on, it would record just you, not the music. We're not making mixtapes here. We're making mixtapes of you. And then you would sit with your boss. It was called an air check. You'd drop the cassette in. You'd hit fast forward for a random amount of time and then and it was still nails up better. Boss, I had to do it with other people. I didn't love doing it, but recognize that that's where uncomfortable is where growth happened. So we made it, it was every week we we do this because next month we want to be better than we are now. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's the yeah, preparation. Yeah, no, I get that. It when, doesn't need when to I be. Listen, when I listen to recordings of myself, I just pretend it's somebody else. And then I'm much <laughs> better about giving objective feedback. If I, if I am like, oh God, that's me. Then I sit there and I'm like, oh gosh, I sound terrible. That was dumb. Like, and it's all negative. If I well, pretend like it's somebody else, I feel like I can be yeah. like much more objective. Well, this is where also going back to like, where's, where's Jimmy going to go is like, I talk to people like Tony and he's like, I'm looking at your YouTube channel and he's like, I'm comparing it to others in a good way. Yeah. Where he's just like, he's trying to find the similarities and differences. And I look at some of those videos from like the Ali Abdal or the Gary V's or the Alec Hormozis of the world. I'm like, dude, on my best day, I'm not producing these high, 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 high produced videos with the whooshes and the zoos and the zoos and the zoos and the one of these. This is as good as you get. I'll just do that a hundred times. And Tony is saying, I'm not asking you to do that. He's looking at the very, 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 very bottom base layer, emotional or what are you getting out of this? So maybe my stuff needs to sound like a radio show because I'm super comfortable doing it. I could do it all day, every day without having to really think about the delivery. So that should be my content. Because every once in a while, everybody starts to sound like everybody and then out, <clears throat> along comes an outlier and everything changes. That was Gary V like 10, 15 years ago. Everybody was super polished and super this, this, this. And Gary was raw and on the move. And then and now everybody's sort of like that. So may, it's do you are scalable. You copying some other uh, format is not scalable. It's not scalable. What if you just focus on connecting with people? Yes, I think I'm over. I think my, I think nine times out of 10, our biggest problem is we are over fucking, and I rarely curse. I, we are over fucking thinking it. And I am a hundred and I'm 98% sure that that is my biggest problem right now is I'm thinking too damn. I'm squeezing the bat too tight. Little therapeutic alliance with your guests. What do you mean by that? That sounds interesting. Like connecting more. So, I, I mean, I would say as a podcast guest, I feel sometimes like it's not a conversation and it's an interview, which is great. I mean, they, they are designed to get information out of you. 
but I am most taken with conversations when like, and th that's how I try to like receive a history from a patient as well. Like I try not to have it be so like answer this, 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 but let's talk about your life and uh, allow people to share what's more organic for them to connect and get some of those like really like meaningful moments when you're talking to your guests, maybe as you move into it's, talking um, about new topics. Somebody had this term, I'll find out who it was. They were talking about quality time with their kids. And they were like, you know, make sure you bring them to Disney or go on bike rides or schedule whatever. And the guy was like, the anti, he was like, it's junk time. Yeah. He's like, I want Sunday morning covered in Cheerios and just laying on the couch and just being, that's junk time is quality time. It's like, it's junk quality, but it's better. It's the stuff they remember. It might not be the stuff they have photos of, right? Like, but it, it, it is the quality time. Like, for example, all of my kids pile into my bed every Sunday morning. Wow. Will they, will they remember that we went to Disneyland last year or Disney world last year? Like they don't ever, they don't ever talk about that, but they, but if I get up out of bed on Sunday morning, they're mad. Right. They, they see it so easily. It's yeah. I, I feel like recording this in January, broadcasting, we're not recording, broadcasting, broadcasting this in January is good because people will often talk about like, it's not the gifts that your kids are like 10 years from now. I have, I can, I'm, I cannot tell you besides maybe a bike and a Nintendo with duck hunt, another Christmas present that I got for my parents. Oh, the GI Joe, uh, battle set, which I wanted for like a billion years. Um, other than that, I don't know stuff, but I can tell you what my mom looked like, like on Christmas morning, like holding coffee. Cause she's half awake because she was up all night putting the stickers on the GI Joe, whatever. Tony says it's way easier, way easier for me to see your future than yeah, that's right. I feel like because yeah. you're like you're in you're in the water and you're neck deep and you're treading and you you can't see where you are in the lake because you're too deep. But it's super easy when I see a company, a business, a person. I sit there and I just like, what's your, you know, I'm trying to like, I'm what's that phrase in chemistry? I'm wafting. I'm like, what is you? Like, give me you. Okay. Oh, I got you then. So why aren't you? And then I'm like, well, how come you're not doing more of you? And they're like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, is this, it's obvious. And then you start to question yourself. This is super obvious what Rebecca should be doing. Cause I can see it, but seeing it for yourself, this is where I think like having a mentor 10, someone said this, having a mentor 10 years older than you and having a mentor at least 10 years younger than you. Yes. And when I first, talk to people about professional development planning, I tell them if they don't have a mentor that's younger than them, they're, they're missing a huge component. Right. I feel like I could do this, and I've said this before, and the only reason I haven't done it is me. I could do two live shows a day every week. Is, I don't know if I can do it with you, which I'm talking about. I'm like, we're talking about you had a dream. We're talking about other stuff outside of CSM. We're talking about future directions. It's like three ideas. I, but I, I, could, I would love to do that. Maybe that's what I do is I just, and I just go, you know who Casey Neistat is? No. He was one of the first like YouTube vloggers back when everybody hmm. was like, everything's got to be structured on YouTube. He was just like out on a skateboard with a camera just going, woo. And then he would just post. He was like, I'm posting every day. <clears throat> Maybe I need to make that push up thing where I'm going to do a hundred ups every day. Or it's like, I'm going to spend 15 minutes talking about what? Figure it the hell out. I've said this before and don't do it. I've said this to other yeah. people. If you want to be you a better have, speaker, you don't need 
you don't need more listeners. You need to speak more. If you want to be a better writer, you don't need more readers. You need to write more. Well, I guess I want to be a live streamer. I'm a talker. This is just how. It's not what. It's always been what. Thank you for coming to my therapy session today. <laughs> I mean, I feel good about it. I feel good about what we've accomplished here today. Yeah. I feel great except for the Wi-Fi. That starts to piss me off. I don't like that. I'm wondering how people are dealing with that. So what I'm going to do next is I'm going to do a couple things. So let's build in public. I'm going to do a couple things. Number one, this is already being posted to all of our social channels. I'm going to flip it to a podcast and just release it. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to do anything special to it. I'm just going to release it. I'm also going to take the transcription and I'm going to write up a cool little like just summary. I'm going to use AI to do that because I'm not an idiot. Because I want to be recording the next You're thing. You're going to check not... it this time. Yes, because it used your wrong. It called you Rebecca Detweiler. Yeah, I don't Is know. There... Like those are like it doesn't even sound the same. It doesn't. So AI, this is Rebecca Griffith, the EDDPT, <laughs> and her website is jump in www.theeddpt.com. In the article that you create for LinkedIn, make sure to. <laughs> I'm just talking to the AI now. AI never use the word delve ever ever again. <laughs> I feel like I. This is when you know someone's using AI to do YouTube anything, YouTube descriptions, or we in this in this informative episode we delve into. I'm like, no okay, one. But I that. like the word delve, so I'm not sure if we can still be friends. You, it's, I will use it. You don't have to. It's too flowery for me. I know, but my mom was like this huge vocabulary person, and we like we were. I'm not saying it has a time and place. I'm not saying it has a time and place, but the time and place is not all the time and most of the time on YouTube. We Maybe we should delve into that a little further. That makes sense. Like it feels more, it's got to be more personal. We delve into, I don't know, but that brings up a good point. Like use your own voice. Yes. Like, have you jumped into, you've used ChatGPT, right? Or any AI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, you can create your own GPTs. I don't even know what GPT stands for, but you can create your own GPTs. Like you can create a standalone version or a version that you can come back to, but you can give it a personality and instructions and tell you about you. I did one that's a mixture of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, Ryan Reynolds, Seth Godin, and Adam Grant. And I call my GPT very G, like Gary V, but very G. And we have conversations about stuff, about life. And one of those things is don't use the word delve because it sounds not like you. All right, we've been doing this for an hour. I thought we were going to do this for 15 minutes. All right, well, here we are, but I'm going to go to a meeting. Oh, you have to go to a meeting. What is, is it a fun meeting? It's a good meeting? Yeah, it's a fun meeting to talk about building a conference for emergency PTs. <laughs> well, let's. I expect an update in a couple of weeks to find out all about this conference that people can attend and learn at. I can't wait. All right, I'm going to go make this a podcast. Subscribe. There was, oh, last thing I'll say is there was an update on iTunes or Apple. And it might have unsubscribed you from a lot of things, including our podcast. So make oh. sure you go follow, hit that thing again. Every once in a while it updates and it kicks people out, which I think is good. It sort of like thins the herd a little bit, gets you back to reality. But then some people are like, I do listen to that all the time. Make sure you subscribe. Rebecca Griffith, thank you for my therapy session. Check the oh, mail. Anytime. And uh, thank you for pushing me around the CSM exhibit hall wildly in a wheelchair. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Yeah.